Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversation with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Wednesday. You probably didn't think this would be a topic today, but it's been a topic prior to the start of the show. We're defending James Harden. We're talking about James Harden. Is James Harden overrated, overhated, underappreciated? James Harden and his role with the 76ers as we get ready to roll into the playoffs. Joel Embiid, if there was any doubt, won the MVP last night with a dominating performance over the Celtics. Now we can start to look at the playoff matchups because that's been settled. Embiid will be your MVP. No problem with that whatsoever. The Lakers in overtime beat Utah, and they needed a team effort here. LeBron, AD, Austin Reeves. Reeves has played really, really good basketball here. They were doubling AD. LeBron looked great, uh, had some lift, and uh, had 37. So the Lakers have the Clippers tonight. Lakers want to beat the Clippers to get the sixth seed. Then they would probably face the Kings in the opening round of the playoffs. You don't want to play in, in, be in the five spot. Then you face the Suns or maybe the Warriors. You would like for the Suns and Warriors to face each other. Then one of those two is going to get knocked off. But if you're able to take on a young Sacramento team that doesn't play defense, the Lakers are one of the better defensive teams, that would be the scenario. So the importance of tonight's game with the Lakers and the Clippers. Welcome to, uh, to the program here. 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. We'll head to the Masters, the Par 3 tournament, coming up uh, in about three hours from now. Mike Trico will join us. And the uh, former NBA player, former Sacramento King, and now the G League president, Sharif Abdurrahim, will join us on the program as well. Say good morning to uh, Peacock. If you're watching our streaming partner, thank you. And our radio affiliates numbering 390 cities around the country. 
Joel Embiid drops 52 on the Celtics. The Nuggets lose to the Rockets. The uh, Lakers, as I mentioned, with the win, closing in on the Clippers right now with the identical record there. And UConn still celebrating that victory. I never understood this. When your team wins, you start to rip up stuff. I never understood that. You're going to tear up your campus. I would think if you lose, then you might be angry. When you win, like your anger is victory anger. And I'm watching all of these students tear up their stuff. And I'm going, mm, mom and dad must be thrilled. Oh, there's the couch that we bought for a little Skippy. And it's out uh, on the front lawn there on fire. And it's all on TV. You got windows and doors being, you know, trashed there. Yeah, Seaton. Setting a couch on fire is okay. It's so the other stuff that's really stupid. <laughs> as a West Virginia yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's your couch as opposed to you yeah, know, the right. school property there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's by, just fun. By the way, tomorrow, tailgate moonshine, available at 11 a.m. Eastern. So we'll have the azalea. And we did make another batch of cinnamon apple and salted caramel if you missed out on that. So they're all going to be available, but uh, this will be the first time we unveil Azalea Moonshine, our tailgate moonshine. That'll be available at 11 a.m. Eastern tomorrow. Stat of the day is always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. And this hour, this program brought to you by Mercedes-Benz, their range of SUVs, every member waiting to impress. Learn more, MBUSA.com. Yeah, we stumbled upon James Harden because, to me, he's a story because he's not a story. Normally, we're talking about James Harden. We're like, oh, he wants out of here, not happy here, uh, ball dominant. Uh, yeah, lead the league in scoring, but you don't show up in the playoffs. And, like, and all these things are true. But now we haven't talked about James Harden. And James Harden quietly is averaging, what, 21 and 11? Yeah, 21, 11 assists to lead the league and uh, six rebounds. His turnovers are down. His shooting percentage is up. And I also understand I've got the MVP here. And... If you start to look at when you understand who you're playing with and that you don't need to do everything, you can go back to Oscar Robertson when he played for the Cincinnati Royals. Dominated. Was the best guard in the game. He averaged the triple-double, of course, in the early 60s. And then all of a sudden, he realized he's not winning anything in Cincinnati. He got traded to the Milwaukee Bucks, and he went there as a point guard and realized... I had Lou Alcindor, who, of course, became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Oscar understood his role, and they ended up winning an NBA championship. His stats went down, but the production of what he was doing for that team, and that was a really balanced team there, coached by Larry Costello, but they ended up winning an NBA championship. Can James Harden be that, where you go from getting 35 to maybe you get 20, 25, but all you need to do is show up Show up in a couple of big games because you do have a good team. You know, I like Tyrese Maxey a lot. Uh, Embiid's going to be your MVP. And Doc Rivers, get a chance to go into the playoffs. I can't figure out the Celtics. The Celtics, as great as they appear to be, aren't dangerous. It's like they almost plateaued. And I remember earlier in the year, I was hearing from Celtic fans, you know, you're not talking about our team. Okay. We are now. You know, you lost your coach, and you're, you're still a good team, but they don't feel threatening. And you let Embiid put 52 on you? That doesn't happen very often. And Embiid shot 80% in that game. 
it just feels like, you know, Jason Tatum's wonderful, but there are times I feel like it, it feels like a scrimmage to him. There, there's no, like, really passion. Like, does this really mean a lot to you? And they're great players. And, and if, if you say, well, you know, they're coasting into the playoffs, okay. And maybe they go back to the NBA Finals. But then maybe they don't. Because right now, are they better than Philly? Are they better than Milwaukee? And they're probably not. But watching that last night, and maybe it didn't mean anything to Boston, but it did mean a lot to Joel Embiid, and he showed that to you last night, putting up 52. All right, Seaton, what kind of uh, poll question are we going to go with? We should go off one with James Harden. Mm. I'm not exactly sure how to word it. Okay. Because we could do a sort of we're tinkering around with a James Harden overrated, overhated. Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But that feels a little dated, if we can keep rhyming. Uh, maybe he's James Harden underappreciated or role player. Yeah, Paulie. I may have one. And again, I'm working this out live. So workshop. Probably going to be a mess. Right, workshop. James Harden has had a great career. Was that fair to say? He's going to the Hall of Fame, all that stuff. Did he lead the league in scoring a couple times and assists a couple times? Yeah. Even how you answer that is interesting. You, you went, yeah, they had a great career. And that's, that's okay because it doesn't feel great because he didn't win an NBA title or really even compete for he one. He doesn't play well in the postseason. He led the league in scoring three times, 36 and 34. He's led the league in assists now twice. Yeah. Stats-wise, he's a monster. Yes. Is there any other athlete? Give me a playoff memory with James Harden. That, yeah. What athlete would be best served career-wise by an NBA title that they're directly responsible for? Yes, Marv. He was on a team where they missed 27 straight three-pointers. Yeah. That's his legacy. <laughs> okay. You said playoff memory. Yeah. But let's say he happened to help them, and you know, it was him and Embiid. It wasn't just Embiid, to an NBA title in Philly. Well, they're not winning a title unless somebody helps Embiid. Yeah. But that, then so he would give you more credit at this point in his career. You know, 33, we've seen his best work, you would think. Yeah, but maybe he realizes now that he, had, he could get those points. And then remember there was a story where he was going to go back to Houston? And I went, why would Houston take James Harden back? you got a young team. Why would you do that? Why would you stunt their growth by bringing James? You're not winning anything. By the way, congratulations to the Pistons. They have the uh, they secured the uh, worst record in the NBA. Yeah. You, you, we knew you could do it. Yeah. I'm not surprised, although I thought it was going to be Houston. But uh, now they, uh, I guess they have the best odds for Victor Wambayama. What is it, 14%? Is that what it is? So they have the uh, worst record in the NBA. By the way, this season, players at lab- averaging at least 20 points and eight assists per game. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six players who are doing that. Luca, John Morant, Trey Young, the Joker, James Harden, and Tyrese Halliburton. So Harden is doing what he needs to do. And if you're a pass first and you're going to get 11 assists per game... That would be ideal for Philadelphia. And having that weapon, who can get you 30 if you need to. But if he knows what he's, what he's best served doing, then great. And I think if Embiid knows what to expect, because it goes through Embiid. Everything should go through him. It used to go through James Harden. But now with Embiid, and you saw what he did leading, leading the NBA in scoring. All right, uh, we'll get to phone calls coming up. We'll uh, settle on a poll question. We got uh, the uh, three, the part three contest coming up. Here's Doc Rivers on the MVP race. The MVP race is over. I, I, I'm really like tonight. We had 
we couldn't make shots. We had guys making shots, uh, would open shots. The man just scored half our points in the NBA game. Um, and I'm biased, but the MVP race is over. He's right. He's right. It's over. Doc's got that playoff voice. He's always had that playoff voice. It never leaves him, even in the offseason. Still sounds like that. All right, a couple other things going on. There's a report out there that uh, maybe, maybe, the Patriots are quietly shopping Mac Jones. Now, understand this. This doesn't come from the Patriots. This will come from one of the teams or a couple of the teams telling Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, that Bill Belichick approached them about, are you interested in Mac Jones? I'm going to give you the list. Mac Jones has thrown 36 touchdown passes in his career. I'm going to read you the list of receivers who have touchdowns. Hunter Henry has 10. Kendrick Bourne has 6. Jacoby Myers has 5. Nelson Aguilar, 4. Brandon Bolden, 2. Christian Wilkerson, 2. Devontae Parker, 2. Marcus Jones, 1. Ty Montgomery, 1. Ramondre Stevenson, 1. Jonu Smith won, and Tyquan Thornton won. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. But if you're doing this to Mac Jones, Bill Belichick, now... There, there were reports, and this is Mac Jones when he was at Alabama, he would question Nick Saban. But you could look at it two different ways. Is he very curious and trying to understand and get better, or is he kind of being counterproductive here? He's being, quote-unquote, difficult. And was he that way with Bill Belichick? Belichick and Saban are the same kind of coaches. And, you know, also understand this with Mac Jones. Now, is he a great quarterback? No. Can he be a starting quarterback? Yes, he's proven that. Did well his rookie year. Took a step back. But you had a defensive coordinator as his offensive coordinator in Matt Patricia. That's not fair to the kid. And these wide receivers? That not exactly. Nobody's going to be knocking on the door of Canton, Ohio. But if you're going to do that to Mac Jones, does it signal... All right, then we're in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes. Or are you going to go Bailey Zappi? And I do think that locker room is split. Somebody who used to play for the Patriots, and I asked, could you find out sort of how that feels in the locker room? And when he came back to me, you know, probably four days later, he said, there's a lot of support for Bailey Zappi, but that doesn't mean they're ready to turn the team over to Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi was a great college quarterback, put up a lot of yards there. But you spent a you know, the 15th pick in the first round on Mac Jones. Like, you can't whiff on that. But now you have to find a trait partner. Who's going to, like, do you say to Josh McDaniels, hey, interested? Uh, Well, we have a quarterback. Do you? How about another Patriot quarterback there for the Raiders? Is somebody else going to be interested? The 49ers, would they be interested? They love collecting quarterbacks. Yeah. But I wonder with Mac Jones... Like, who's going to take him, and can you get it? You're not going to get a first-round pick for him. And then what are you going to do? Does that mean Lamar Jackson? And if that's the case, then okay. I would never take somebody that Belichick is moving on from. I just wouldn't. 
You look down through history, and some big names, Richard Seymour, Lawyer Malloy, Jamie Collins, Drew Bledsoe. Like, when he moves on, that's when I... I move on, too. Yeah, Paul. I remember Jamie Collins. He was a young linebacker for New England. He was fast. And as soon as it came time to pay him, they said, nope. And they let him go to Cleveland. He was average for Cleveland for three years, and he came back to New England. Seems like that's what they do. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, we'll take you back at a discount. But uh, that's the report, Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. Now, some of the Patriot reporters have refuted that, that uh, Mac Jones is not being shot. And that doesn't mean anything to me. But, you know, who's going to tell you the truth? It's not like Belichick's going to go, uh, yeah, uh, Florio did a good job. I am uh, shopping Mac Jones. They're never going to tell you the truth. Nobody at this point in the season, leading up to the draft, nobody's going to tell you anything. There, there's no reason to. Do I think Mac Jones is being shopped? If Florio says so, yeah, sure. I just don't know what you're, what's the market for Mac Jones. That's what I'd be curious about. All right, phone calls are always welcome. Tyler, operator standing by, 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address, dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at dpshow. Anything else that needs to be mentioned here as we get started? Yes, Paul? We may do some Masters picks later if you're up for it. Mm. Have a little little fun. Mm. Remember when it used to be Tiger versus the field? (laughs) Sure. God. Mm. Well, sound excited for Coach Behan, what do you have to say? It's all right. Let's go. It's not that exciting, you know. Somebody's gonna go. I'll take Scotty Scheffler. I got. Oh man, that was, my, that was mine. Yeah. Well, I'm taking Colin Morikawa. Said it. Yeah. Is anybody taking one of the live tour guys? See, I'm looking at the odds. If I was going to bet, I would save bet. it for this segment. Dan. Okay, oh, save it. Oh, now okay. you're in. All of a sudden, you are now. All of a sudden, you're interested in the segment. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> how about we take a break? Reverse psychology. Yeah, how about think we... you hate it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. I hate it, but I really love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you saying Kevin Nah to the picks? This will be fun. See, this is why I don't want to do it. Because Todd doesn't watch any golf. Let's do picks, Kevin Nah. Nah. <laughs> Are you going to take Kevin? I'm going to try to take because it didn't work no, for me. No, Todd. In the, in, Todd. Oh, nah. <laughs> Todd. I don't up. I think I'm going to go with a lot of underdogs if we do this. How about we take a break? How Madison. about we take a break? Yeah. Last thing America needs is your picks on the Masters. Probably not. Okay. I think we got to get this on record. Let's take a break. We're back after this in the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, Okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and 
holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Light. And it's less filling, only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Don't look now, but here come the Lakers. 7-1 and one since March 19th. And they needed everybody's help last night. An overtime win against Utah. Big game against the Clippers coming up. You want to move into the sixth seed, then you get Sacramento to open up the playoffs. If you get into the five and the five and the four, now it's Golden State and Phoenix. You want to steer clear of that. At least you hope you can. You know, it'd be great if the Lakers matched up. They got Sacramento and then they got Memphis. That'd probably be ideal for them. Or even... Denver, but Denver is going to be the number one overall seed. Joel Embiid won the MVP last night, by the way, unofficially, but uh, put up 52 against the Celtics. All righty. Uh, we head to Augusta. Mike Tirico, Sunday Night Football, play-by-play, calling the Masters for Sirius X. Where are you right now, Mike? Right now, Dan, I am in one of the studios for Sirius XM, which is in the press building at Augusta. So I think we do the show from... One studio down. By the way, is this the DP show now projecting that Embiid is one yes. of the MVP? Yes. Is this like it's like Kornacki on election night? We can now project. All the precincts aren't in yet, Mike, but uh, okay. we're we're going we're going to project right now that Joel Embiid is going to be the MVP. All right, give us an update Stop. on the weather. Uh, great today, good tomorrow, uh, bad the rest of the week, cool and windy, and as you know, Dan, from your years being here. Wind here is multiplied because it swirls and you have to be so precise to landing spots. So wind here is very tough and cool. Usually that brings in more players in the field and it's not about overpowering the golf course or for the big hitters having a big advantage. It becomes everything's a three-shot par five. So if it's playing like that, those are the years we've seen Zach Johnson, Mike Weir, among others, win. So it may bring more guys into the mix come the weekend. What do you read into Tiger's comments? Which ones? About uh, the golf ball? About him? About about him? Live, his about future? Him? Yes, his future. He's more of an uh, open book than he's ever been, Mike. No doubt, Dan. Remarkably re- reflective. And uh, Taylor Zarzu, who I'm working with on SiriusXM, did an interview with Tiger yesterday. And I was driving to the course this morning and heard it. And I was thinking the same thing that you just mentioned. Remarkably reflective. You know, and, and I, I guess when you have to um, really go through all these major surgeries... You nearly died. Uh, you're going through all these major surgeries and all of the rehab, none of which we really know the lengths that he's gone to. 
have to do all that just to be able to play again. But many people think you couldn't play again, uh, let alone all the back stuff. At some point, no matter how invincible you seem to be, it has to make you a realist. So I think he is very reflective, understanding that it takes a lot to play here. And if he's got one or two more or three more, whatever it is, to savor it and appreciate it. And it, it does make all of us, I think, feel old when we stop and say this is Tiger's 25th Masters. Because, wow. you know, it, it feels like not too long ago when we watched the early ones and then 97, of course. Yeah, I was there for his first one. Wow. It's crazy, isn't it? I know. And it used to be Tiger versus the field, Mike. And we right, would take right. Tiger. <laughs> A lot. And and more often than not, be right. His winning percentage is still extraordinary. His winning percentage in the majors is out of this world. Uh, you, you just reflect on his career and the career of Jack Nicholas. And uh, I saw them standing next to each other, Jack seated, Tiger standing in the picture that came out from the Champions Dinner last night. And um, it, it's just remarkable to see Tiger set that Nicholas standard as his goal and almost got all the way there. Didn't get all the way there with the six green jackets and the 18 professional majors, but got pretty far along that path. And it's that's the one coolest thing I think about golf is that Nicholas played, he was inspired by Bobby Jones, had the chance to play with Hogan and then Palmer and Watson and Nicholas. And now they pass it on to Tiger and Tiger's passing it on to the next generation. The connectivity of golf because the longevity of careers brings that history really to the surface, I think, better than other sports. Help us understand tension level, if there is tension between Liv and the PGA Tour. How big of a component is that going to be with your coverage this week? Boy, I thought it would be more from just the feel for the week, and I think it's been diffused pretty quickly. I think the guys got here, and it feels different. Now, maybe if the U.S. Open or the PGA was first, it might be a little more knife's edge, and there may be a little more tension. But I think nobody wants to be the guy who was at the Masters and made it about live versus the PGA Tour and not the Masters tournament. It just doesn't feel yeah. like the place to do it. Yeah. And it sounds like from the early reports from the Champions Dinner last night uh, that the guys mixed in pretty well and it wasn't an issue. There wasn't a kiddie table for the live guys and everybody <laughs> else got to sit at another table, you know. Uh, it sounds like the six Masters champs who were there um, were part of the evening, and it was there all in the name of honoring Scotty Scheffler, which is pretty cool. Okay. Aside from Tiger versus Phil on Sunday yeah. in the final group, I want, right. you, I want you to be program director here. Give me the okay. ideal twosome on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, um, th there's a bunch because there are a lot of good guys right now. Like I'd love to see Scotty Scheffler trying to repeat. Let's see John Rahm trying to win here because he's got everything to win here. You'd love the nostalgia of those guys. But I would take Rory versus Jordan Spieth. Uh, Rory going for the last leg of the career Grand Slam, the only one of the majors he hasn't won, against a guy in Spieth who has that crossover magnetism that I think other guys don't. And, and you know what I'm talking about, Dan. Like There are people who don't love golf, but they'll see Spieth and they'll stop and watch because they know there's – an entire dramatic something. He's going to break somebody's phone, hit it off of somebody. He's going to be in an impossible place. He's going to chip in and make three and just kind of have that aw shucks look about him, right? There's something about Jordan. You want to watch him hit his next shot. And I think Rory's got that star quality uh, along with everything he's done to try to keep the PGA Tour intact. Uh, Mike, for me, that Mike would, that you got to have Sunday. Rory versus Patrick Reed on Sunday. Oh, you, 
really? Do you want that? Now that who's who's not going to be rooting for Rory other than Patrick's friends? But, but nobody that, roots for Patrick Reed anyway. Even his friends probably don't. Yeah, <laughs> but we need a villain there. You you want to go that way? Yes. Yeah. You, you, okay. You how about this? How about yeah. Dustin Johnson and Rory? Yeah, but you know what, Dan? Like, does anybody dislike Dustin Johnson? Or does anybody dislike Cameron Smith? Most of the guys who are playing for Liv or playing on the Liv tour, when they come back, it's like, yeah, you know, what did he ever do to you? Right now, Patrick Reed has over a variety of years. I, I don't know. I might get sued here if I say anything about Patrick. <laughs> um, <laughs> over a variety of years, he, he has caused the ire of several for a variety of reasons. Always been very nice to me, but this is uh, this has been told in courts over the years. But other than that, there's no villain amongst that. There's a villain in general with Norman, with Mickelson, and the idea of live. But by the way, look, competition's been great for America. Competition when when you were at CNN and we were at ESPN, you know, it was like okay, what what sports tonight do? You know what that that, that makes everybody better. And I think the existence of Live has made the PGA Tour better. Personally, just personally, where I sit, I had a hard time with the guys who helped their careers achieve where they got because of the PGA Tour, then turning around and publicly saying, I want the PGA Tour to be harmed or fail. That's the only place that I said, ah, you know what? To me, as a golf fan, that's not cool. Other than that, competition makes you better. I think the Tour is better today than it was 15 months ago because of the threat of live is greg norman there i i have not seen him uh he certainly wasn't at the champions dinner he didn't win the tournament i doubt he was invited <laughs> to come otherwise um i don't think that the 18 live tour members will be waiting around if one of the one of their brethren wins the title like if somebody shoots 75 74 and misses the cut I don't think they're going to hang for the weekend to welcome them off the 18th green. So while that sounded good, I, I don't I don't see that happening. I hope it does. It would be good theater, but I, I don't see that happening. And Fritzy had a joke, if you want to use it in your coverage on uh, Sirius yeah. XM, that uh, okay. he could see where you know some of the live players don't show up on Sunday because they only play 54, Mike. Just <laughs> That's good. That, that is very good. Yeah, they, they, they will, we don't have guys finishing the Masters on 7. No. <laughs> uh, like, like you have on the live tour. And there, there will not be a concert right after. Uh, that, that will not be. Look, it's different. It's um, it's a challenge to the system. Like every other. Look, think, think, of, think of the uh, ABA and the three-point shot, right? The NBA thought that was ridiculous. That half-court shot that Jerry West hit in the in the finals was a two-pointer to send the game to overtime. It would have been a three to win it back uh, if it was more recent. The ABA's ability to do that changed the game and impacted the game forever. So there are there are elements of stuff that can work. It's it just what are you playing for? Are you playing for a championship or are you just playing for cash? And it doesn't feel like you're playing for anything in a sport where what you're playing for and the legacy of the sport matters probably as much as any sport. But also, Mike, if you look at the Live Tour players, they got paid and they get to play in this major. How many majors are, are they going to be able to uh, play in each year? Dan, that's the big story with those guys. The numbers are going to dwindle because they're not getting world ranking points. Uh, unless you have other ways in, you're not going to find your way in. So each major has a certain qualification that if you finish in the top 12 or the top eight, you get invited back next year. To me, that's the story with the live players on Sunday. Uh, are you going to earn a spot into next year's Masters 
or somewhere else if you win by the exemptions that come with your finish. So to me, that's one of the small stories, but it'll have the most impact on individual guys whose uh, ability to play in these majors is going to run out as their world championship points run out and also their qualifications for winning the events that they won. Guys like DeChambeau winning the U.S. Open, et cetera, et cetera, and Kepka as well. What uh, what's your best score at Augusta? I don't know. I, I'd have to go look. I've only oh played a few my, times. Oh my! Come on! No, I've, if you I've knew only it, played a few times. If you knew, no. If it was really good, I would know it. Yes, right <laughs> yes. Dan, Dan, it was. It was all about what's yours? Eighty-one. Eighty-one. Wow. And what, did you find? And for the you know for the people who have had the op- opportunity to play from the members' tees. It's very playable. It's not very long. And it's it's really, if you have a good putting day or you're accurate you have a, and a great caddy, you have a chance to put up a good score. But we played, wherever you could play from the tips, we played from the tips. Oh, you did? Yeah, we eight, wow. 18 played from the tips. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, but, you know, there were a couple of holes. But my caddy uh, caddied uh-huh. for Seve. And, oh, wow. What and a he, story. And he was wondering. I got traded on the first tee, Mike. Because the Four. caddies were betting, oh, and, oh, and and I got trade. I hit my tee shot, and and uh, my caddy traded for me, and so they had they had money on us it's, while we're playing. It's the, but it's yeah. the best, it's the best part of it. I I will say that this did happen to me at Augusta. Closest I came to an ace in my life was here at six. I I, I came. I was playing with Jade Billis. As a matter of fact, it came this close. To an ace. That was the uh, that was that was the golf moment of my life at Augusta. National. Now, what do you do? You have to buy drinks for everybody in the clubhouse. I don't know how that works at Augusta. Sadly, I never got to find out. Uh, yeah, and you don't even remember what your score was, Mike. No, I don't. I don't do that, Dan. I don't walk around Paulie, talking about. Paulie, it. Would you get a hold of Billis? We're already on it. Billis will have the scorecard because he probably shot a you know pretty good score. He, no, he 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 did play well that day. I have the picture of how close the ball came. The, the caddy said, Mr. Mike, we you can't have your phone out, but i got to take a picture of how close you came. And I do. It's this close. It's painful. Thanks for bringing up a nice memory for me, Dan. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> Is that fire real behind you, by the way? Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's real warm. <laughs> when I, when I worked the, uh, the Thursday, Friday coverage of the ESPN that Scotty Van Pelt does now, uh, the question I would get from people more like, is the fireplace in Butler cabin real? Yeah. Yes, it is real. It is. Real. But so see, that, you should have gotten like some marshmallows. Maybe oh, made some <laughs> s'mores. That, yeah, that, that, that would be great. Come on to Butler cabin. Excuse me. Curtis and I are just making some s'mores here. <laughs> That'll go. <laughs> they, you, they have a great sense of humor down there, Mike. What, what do you think about the whole location at 13 today, Curtis? <laughs> hang on. I don't want to roast this marshmallow to it. I, I will say this, Dan, for folks in all seriousness, and you know this because you've been here working and you've had the opportunity to come as a guest. Uh, media member, player, caddy, pro, uh, guest, uh, patron, as you know, we like to say here, all of it. It's really hard to get here. When you get here, there's no place in sports where you get treated better. They treat everyone great. The press building here, they should buy fiber, bring every sporting event into here and have it covered from here. Uh, they, they do everything really, really well. And I will say it coming All back right, here. All right, Mike. Okay. No, I'm All serious. Right. Yeah, People trying don't to, know that, Dan. Trying to disagree? play on Monday, aren't you, Mike? No, I'm not. I'm going home on Monday. I've been here for 11 days. Do you, don't you agree, though? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's an awesome place. It yeah. really is. It's yeah. one of those you do pitch yourself 
when you get here. It, it is pretty cool. You, a, you understand why people get emotional about it. So have I, a pimento sandwich on me, Mike, okay? You want me to send one to you? No. Okay. I never had a Good pimento cheese sandwich until I went to Augusta. And then I went, where's, where's, this, where's this been in my life? <laughs> the best thing, $10, beer, sandwich, and chips. Can't and you go can well. come back with change. Yeah. You come back with change. Not, where else? Not bad. Do you know I took a piece of turf from Augusta when I played? Did you like try to put it in your yes, lawn? Yes, I did. I brought I it back. For I brought it back in Tupperware, and my wife goes, "What are you doing?" And I said, "I I I brought some grass back from Augusta, and I, and I was going to try to see if I could plant it. It didn't work. And uh, it didn't. I've got I've got a quick one for you. Okay. Last game at Old Tiger Stadium, uh, they were handing out cups of dirt from the outfield warning track. And we were building our house in Michigan, so my wife grew up a Tiger fan. We have a cup of dirt from the warning track at Tiger Stadium, left field, in the foundation of our house in Michigan. There you go. Hmm. Well, there you go. thanks for topping me, Mike. Thanks for topping me. Nice to talk to you again. I miss you. Good to talk to you. That's Mike Chirico. Mike will be the lead play-by-play boy, Sirius XM Masters broadcast, tomorrow through Sunday at uh, 2 Eastern each day. Also... He'll, uh, he'll be part of Golf Channel's comprehensive live from the Masters studio coverage as well, starting this week at noon Eastern. By the way, Rich Lerner is the host there, live from the Masters. Awesome. They do a great job. All right, we'll take a break. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast, Inside the Parker, for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know. Take over a minute to down a two-liter. Well, if you have, then you're going to love pick six. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. 
Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick 6 states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Final hour on this Wednesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Moonshine available tomorrow at this time, 11 a.m. Eastern tailgate moonshine we have azalea that's the new flavor it tastes great uh we also have limited supplies of salted caramel and cinnamon apple they're available first come first serve limited quantities here as you know but uh, 11 a.m eastern available at danpatrick.com we'll get to phone calls coming up we talked to mike trico at augusta and he said there's not a lot of tension or friction he doesn't feel the pga tour versus the live tour it just feels like there's an undercurrent there. But also, this is not the tournament that you go to and you're thinking about other things other than winning the green jacket. In fairness to these players, that they could put their battles aside or tension aside, uh, grudges aside, and go out there and play. Because if not, you get humbled there at Augusta. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning if you're watching on Peacock. That's our streaming partner. Download the app. Uh, it's unofficial. All precincts aren't in yet, but Joel Embiid won the MVP last night or made sure that he won the MVP, put up 52 on the Celtics. And uh, I think he is now comfortably ahead as your MVP this year. Voting is still going on. In fact, the NBA will send out an email to remind you, hey, <clears throat> And they did this yesterday where they sent it out an email and they're like, all right, hey, make sure you're uh, going to vote. And uh, so you got a few more days, but Joel Embiid put 52 on the Celtics last night. Lakers uh, closing in on the Clippers. You got the showdown between those two. And if you're a Laker fan, if you can somehow get into that sixth seed and you end up playing Sacramento and uh, that would be your first round opponent. I'm sure the Lakers, with their firepower, but also playing great defense, going against Sacramento. And Sacramento has a lot of firepower. I mean, historically, the best offensive team in NBA history, but also one of the worst defensive players in uh, defensive teams in NBA history. Poll question for the final hour is going to be what, Seton? Dan, let me look at this. (laughs) I was going to throw up. Winning the Masters this year would be bigger for Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods. Uh, well, it'd be the career Grand Slam for Rory, but if Tiger did this at this age, yeah, this condition, we feel you know Rory's got more years to be able to do this. But it's still it's a that's a major, no pun intended. Yes. That's a that's a big one for him. I would still say if Tiger, were, I mean Tiger's odds are really long, like Rory's aren't long. His, he's got the second best odds to win. That's got to be more important for Rory. No? I don't know. I mean, I don't think Tiger goes, ah, I got enough majors that uh, I'm full. I don't need any more. But Rory Rory needs this to complete the uh, the Grand Slam. Uh, is uh, Sharif Abdurrahim set sure to join is. us? Oh, well, let me give you the official introduction. The president of the NBA G League, 
uh, former associate vice president of operations with the NBA, played 12 seasons in the NBA, former Kings assistant GM, assistant coach. And I got to do, I think, most of the highlights of your career on SportsCenter because it was never Abdul Rahim. It was Sharif Abdul Rahim and uh, had a, a great career there. Good to talk to you. How are you, Sharif? Uh, you might be on mute. I'm doing well. There you, know, you go. There you, you go. Know, you know, once a week you, you do that on Zoom. So one one of the features. But I'm doing well, man. Um, how about you? I'm doing great. Uh, how about your Sacramento Kings? Did you take uh, any pride in them making the uh, the playoffs this year? It's really cool. You know, I was um, – I guess I was on that team that last made the, made the playoffs. We lost to San Antonio in six. And – um, Sacramento is a, a great town, great, great fans, great people. Uh, they they deserve to have a, a good team. Um, it was one of the really fun places that, that I lived and played. We were, you know, my family we lived there for almost 12 years. So I'm, I'm just ecstatic. You know, ownership has, has done so well, so well there in, you know, keeping the team there, investing in the team, investing in the city. So it's just, I mean, it's a great, I think it's a great NBA story this year. Um, you know how they the season they've had they started fast and been able to keep it going um yeah i'm really i'm really excited and i i think unlike a lot of people i think that they can get in the playoffs and like actually make some noise like i think they're, they're not going to be pushovers well they can score they can't play any defense yeah but i don't know how many teams are playing defense well defense. the lakers are playing some pretty good defense yeah, the, Lakers, the Lakers get. I mean, I mean, you see what LeBron is doing. Like it's a mate. Like the game he had. I just I caught the clips during our our first round game in the G League, and it's like amazing that you know thirty eight, thirty nine, forty, whatever he is, what he's doing is is unbelievable. So um, it it should be fun. Um, the Lakers are going to be tough, but again, I I I I think the Kings are a great story this year. All right, you played against early LeBron. Late Michael, prime Kobe. Yeah, um, Kobe, same draft, same era. Uh, Michael older, obviously, and then early years as well. What did you? Okay, let's start with LeBron. You first saw him, and your thought was what? It's not possible that he's eighteen years old. There's, <laughs> <laughs> there's no way he's eighteen years old. He's a grown like I mean, at eighteen, he's like you know six eight two fifty. Like it's impossible. Um, so just. You know, the, you know, kind of if you were building a basketball player, you know, I think people had said, like, if you built a basketball player, it'd be this guy. Like, if you had built a basketball player, it'd be LeBron. You know, that's, you know, just first thoughts. Uh, Kobe, when you first met him. I, well, I, you know, is I've known Kobe since we were 16, 17 years old. So, you know, you, you know, it wasn't, you know, like Kobe, you know, um, he went from being like Jelly Beans, his dad played in the NBA, son to like, you know, his own deal. And, um, um, you know, always, you know, talented, always, you know, like focused, but, you know, he turned into, you know, something, you know, iconic and, you know, probably top, you know, whatever player of all time. Um, yeah. You got a story about Kobe? I mean, since you guys went. My, my, best, my best story of Kobe is, is like, a, I think a really innocent story is like being, you know, I'm a year older. So being, you know, 18 and probably 16 or 17 and being at ABCD camp and, um, and T-Mac and, and, um, you know, at that time there was no cell phones. 
and the way you like talk to your parents was like waiting online at the payphone. And um, I could remember like I had a good day at camp. He had a, a great day at camp and him being ahead of me online and him talking to his parents. It had to be, you know, Jelly Bean and Pam and him telling them, you know, stuff he was doing, he dunked on the guy and everything that day and him telling them this. And I'm like, I'm behind him like, man, come on, man, get off the floor. I got to, I want to call my mom. Right. And, um, like that's the, you know, again, like that's like the most innocent story. That's the best story. I mean, all the, you know, um, you know, game winners and trash talk and like great performances, you know, it's a bunch of those, but those, that's the one that kind of sticks with me because it was like, it was, you know, I had a great day at camp. I want to go tell my dad. Yeah. You know, and then you listen to Kobe's great day at camp and it, that's why the phone call is taking so long. Like he, you know, he's going <laughs> to tell everything that he did in camp. We're talking to uh, Sharif Abdurrahim. Um, you, then you got Mike at the end of his career. Yeah, I just, I mean, Mike was in, in the Bulls. It was like just precision, you know. It was like like clockwork. Everything with him for for me at that point, I didn't see you know progression or early days. I didn't see the growth, but I just caught him. It was like you know, this is you can see him like turn on the clock, and you know when it was time to go, he went and um, he he was. I mean, he was just a monster. Like you know. You caught I caught where I caught him. It was like, you know, fourth or fifth championship already. And you know, when they came to town, it was like the Beatles, and you know, they mess around with you for a couple of quarters. And make, <laughs> you know, really like make you think you had a chance, and then at some point, you know, like Phil called the timeout, and you know, it was like okay for like nine minutes, it was like okay, now it's over. And, um, and then, but but I also I, I also caught him. I played against him later when he went, came back in Washington, and he was still you know great, but probably a little more vulnerable then. And you know you you had a chance. Then you had a chance. Like you had a chance against him then. Um, but you know, I, Chicago Michael Vital is what I remember. You're uh, president of the NBA G League. Does the G League recruit? Can you recruit high school players? Well, we, we do, I would say educate, you know, we have the uh, option for um, the G League Ignite team, you know, past years, we guys like Jalen Green was with us and Jonathan Kaminga, um, this year, Scoot Henderson um, is, you know, one of, one of our guys playing in the G League with us and he'll, you know, he'll go on and be drafted this year. So I, I'd say we, we probably more educate than recruit and it's, you know, just been an option that we wanted to provide for really top high school players. I, and I say top players around the world. We, you know, this year we have a young man, Sidney Sissico from France. We have um, London um, London Johnson, um, who has international background. Um, Baba Carcine from Senegal. So it's become a world team. But I, I'd say, Dan, probably more we educate them and just try to share the option that we have as a place for, for young kids to, to develop. Well, what's the benefit of going to the G League over, let's say, LeBron's son? G League or one year in college? What would you yeah, recommend? I, I, yeah, I, don't, I mean, I think it's individual. I think it's personal. I think it's, you know, where the focus of the young man, the, the, the guys that have come to the G League, what I've picked up is in their mind, they're professionals. They want to, you know, kind of live a professional life, focus on um, developing and preparing for the NBA. We still, you know, we still provide them a scholarship or tuition to college and, they start taking subclasses, but the main focus is like integrating into the NBA and NBA life. They play the full G League season, so you know 
Um, you know, Scoot Henderson this year, he, he lined up against, you know, a Tata Washington from, you know, the, the Rockets who's on, who would be on assignment or Kennedy Chandler from Memphis. So he's actually playing against, you know, Chris Dunn. He's playing against, you know, NBA players. So you get that, you know, you get that experience. Whereas, you know, he goes in next year. Obviously, it's a learning curve, but, um, you know, he's had those experiences already of playing against professionals. But you spent one year at Cal, but could you have come out of high school and gone right to the NBA? It's so different. Like Garnett did it our high school year, so same high school class um, Kevin was, and you know we just it was just so far away at that time, Dan. You know, like I I never you know in high school I didn't play against NBA players. I only played against a few college players and other high school players. Um, you know, you didn't see all the games. I just think the proximity now makes the, the the kids feel as though they're right there and they can do it. They play pickup in the summer and they like know these guys. Um, I, I just, for me, maturity wise, mentally, I didn't think I could make the jump. Whereas like when I saw Kevin do it, I was like, oh, wow. like, you know, I just played against him. I was like, maybe I could have. Um, but it was just so, you know, it, the proximity wasn't there. It didn't feel as close. You weren't as connected to it. Um, but I mean, these guys now, I mean, you know, all the training and, you know, playing against other NBA guys, like they can, you know, Rod Strickland was the one I was, I was doubtful of playing them in a complete G League season when we first started. And Rod Strickland, you know, he was with us at the time. He's gone on now to be the head coach at LIU Brooklyn. And he said to me, like, no, he's like, they could do it. You know, he's like, they're good enough. And, you know, he was, he was right. How surprised were you that the NBA is going to, you know, keep the one and done? That, uh, I, I thought that we were moving towards letting, you know, these guys come out of high school and go right to the NBA. Yeah, you know, like when you – I mean, I've been a part of it now on both sides, like being a player and, um, you know, now working at the league office. You know those things are – a lot of times when we have these conversations, it's um, it's fluid, right? And, you know, you get into it and, you know, sometimes you come out of come out in a different place. I think I think also from, from – one thing that's interesting is when we first started talking about – um, ending one and done or, you know, changing the age limit that uh, the landscape is totally different, right? Like at the time, you didn't have NIL, you didn't have the transfer portal. I think a lot of the movement was like, okay, it's fair for young kids. You didn't have a G League that allowed them. I think a lot of a lot of it was like, it's fair that young kids should be able to go earn a living. I think you can, you know, you see it now with some of the college kids going back to school, some coming to G League. They have those options, so maybe it's not the same, you know, uh, momentum as, as it was in the beginning. Did you ever see a grizzly when you were in Vancouver? I never saw a grizzly. Yeah, I didn't think you did. I didn't <laughs> think you did. I don't know why it's a grizzly. That's a good question. <laughs> I like the uniforms, though. Yeah, the 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 new the, the new ones are, are ours. You the the Vancouver Grizzlies. Yeah, you know, I tell people, and they become really popular. Like those till ones, we hated the till ones. Like we hated, we hated the um, the the ones that are really popular now. Like that till, we didn't like wearing those. Uh, maybe my second or third year, they made us like an alternate robe. It was a black one that said Vancouver, and we we always asked like pack the pack those and our equipment guy. He's like, well, they make me, you know, you got to wear these till ones so many times, and we're like, okay, don't, you know. When we go to New York, when we go play in the garden, we don't want to wear those. Put on. Yeah, you know? well, it's like where it was the Hornets had teal. Like teal became a big color there for a while. 
Yeah. But I mean, somebody whoever was like doing the marketing and branding had it right because it's like I see people they they sell like crazy even still. So well, we always love the the throwback, the retro. We don't like it in the moment, but then after the fact, we look back and like those are dope, man. Yeah, my son, he loves them. Like he's like, man, he's like, you got any laying around? I was like, you know, something like that. I said, man, we really did not like those beautiful. Do you have a a big country uh, story? My, I mean, my fondest memories of, of country is is um, getting them getting them out of Gans in the summer, having them come to Atlanta, where I'm from, and hang out with me, um, and like meet my family, and you know where he was from. I mean, it's like you know, I'm I'm exaggerating, but it's like 500 people in his town, him coming and actually being in Atlanta and having fun and walking around. You know, like country. <laughs> he like he like actually dipped, like you know, like. Like you know, like tobacco. He like yeah. dipped, you know, regularly. It, and I never, you know, I'm 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 from Georgia, so I had like family from you know a, a more rural part of Georgia that did it. But I never saw a basketball player dip. Um, so that was like that was like always you know interesting to me. Like as soon as he got off the court, he'd go get his can and he'd like spitting in his can. I'm like, man, what are you? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't dipping during games, was he? No, he didn't dip during the oh, game. Oh, okay. He took oh, okay. it out. Man. Great to talk to you, Sharif. Hope you're doing well, and uh, congrats on uh, the G League. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you, Dan. Sharif Abdurrahim, president of the uh, G League. <laughs> Every one of his highlights. They would give me Vancouver Grizzly highlights because they know that I, w- I just love watching Sharif Abdurrahim and love saying his name. And then later it became uh, Craig Kilborn would uh, have a takeoff the clash that uh, Sharif don't like it or, you know, rock the Casbah. I think it was uh, Kilby who uh, did that. All right, let me take a break. We'll get to phone calls, and I don't know what else we have here. We'll, we'll figure it out here. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play, from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces, like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the, I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too, is funny about a battleship? It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, I I even thought about that. Yeah, most people don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 